Welcome to episode 74 of the Process Podcast. Keep fighting. episode 74 of the process podcast i am amante martin today we have latir eason joining us on the podcast welcome to the podcast latir oh thank you thank you for having me hey thank you for joining us could you tell the listeners where you're from i'm actually from chicago illinois chicago i was born and raised yeah i was born and raised on the south side of chicago south side chicago what was it like growing up there for you um, it was great. Um, it's, I mean, coming from a big city like Chicago, um, you gotta, you gotta have tough skin. It wasn't easy for me growing up in the city of Chicago. I come from a, a different set of circumstances. Um, I wasn't raised by my father or my mother. I was raised by my aunt. It was different just growing up for me, just not having my parents there. It was it was kind of it was rough for me, but I had a great support system throughout my elementary school years, throughout high school. So just you know, not growing up with my parents, it was kind of tough on me. Um, but I found found the game that I loved, and it kept me on the right track and the right path. So you know, I know my parents loved me unconditionally, but. Um, it was still tough just trying to, you know, maneuver through life without my parents, the people who, you know, gave birth to me, my mom. So, it's, I mean, growing up in Chicago, is is it can be tough. Um, it's a lot of poverty, it's a lot of drugs, a lot of gangs, but um, it's a lot of beautiful parts of Chicago as well. We got the Bulls, the sports teams, and the food, the Chicago deep dish. So it's a lot of great things about Chicago. I can agree with the uh, the deep dish. That's the only thing I can agree with because oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, used to visit Chicago. I used to, Like I said, I went to Purdue and I used to visit Chicago frequently and just had to get some Giordano's or something while I was there. But I want to ask, did you know your mom and dad? Did you have a relationship with them? I did. Uh, my mom I mean, she was my biggest, one of my biggest fans. Um, I mean, she just had a, 
a, a drug addiction. Um, and throughout my life, I just seen her struggle with drugs, but she was able to overcome that addiction and we were able to build a relationship. Um, my dad, he was 66 years old at the time that my mom gave birth to me. So I, I didn't have that father-daughter relationship but I mean, my parents, they love me unconditionally. It's just the set of circumstances that I was born into. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were my biggest fans, but I just, you know, I just wasn't, wasn't able to be raised by them. You found kind of your outlet, which was basketball. Uh, you fell in love with the sport. But how was yeah. that, you know, growing up, you know, finding that love and that passion in basketball, but also seeing, you know, the realities of what, what was going on where you were raised, you know what I mean? Especially with your mom. Yes, um, just finding that outlet. Uh, my brother actually introduced me to the sport of basketball and I just fell in love with it. And I just knew that basketball could take me a lot of places. And, you know, I just wanted a better life for myself and for my family. So I just used it as motivation. Um, you know, seeing my mom struggle day in and day out, it was hard for me. I was a, only a child, but something in me just motivated me that I just wanted to have a better life. And like I said, I had a great support system that just wanted the best for me. So I just stayed motivated. Starting to take basketball serious. Was that high school where you started to take basketball serious? I really, found out how far basketball can take me was my fresh my freshman year in high school. Um, I started getting a lot of college letters uh, from some some big time schools and I was I was like, okay, this is serious. So I just started, I became a gym rat. I was in the in the gym all the time. That's all I wanted to do was to perfect my craft. And um, it was my freshman in high school and I was like, I'm about to I'm about to take this serious and I'm about to, you know, give it my all. I want to be one of the best to play the game of basketball. Thinking about that recruiting process when you started to receive letters and throughout, you know, high school, how was that recruiting process like for you? It was stressful at times, mm -hmm. but it was fun at the same time, just seeing all these power five schools coming after me. Um, it was a great feeling just knowing, you know, the adversity, that I've been through since I was a kid. Um, so it was a great feeling just to have people want me to come to play for their basketball program. Um, but it did get stressful at times because just not knowing who to trust and who's telling the truth. So just trying to, you know, figure out what was going to be the best fit for me academically and um, athletically. Why did you end up choosing LSU? When I went on my visit to LSU, um, it was a different type of environment and it was a different vibe. Um, I fell in love with the Southern hospitality. Um, LSU was just on a whole nother level with everything as far as academics, facilities, everything. Like the, we didn't stay in dorms, we had our own apartment and we had a maid come in every week to clean up the kitchen and the bathroom. So it was just, I mean, when they say it's levels to things, like LSU was just on a whole different level and it just felt like family when I went down south. Your senior year, you make that decision to go to LSU. You know, what was it like 
having to leave Chicago to head to Baton Rouge? You know, how was your transition? It wasn't, it wasn't that bad for me. I was excited. I wasn't nervous at all. Um, I was ready for a different experience. Um, like I said, it's Southern hospitality um, in Baton Rouge and in the South. So I was excited about the experience. Um, I was actually coming off of ACL tear my senior year in high school. So I didn't get to play my last year of high school ball. So it was, a, it was quite an adjustment for me going down to Baton Rouge. Um, I, had, I was playing catch up with a lot of stuff. Instead of me working on my game, I had to rehab my knee. And the conditioning was different. The weights, I mean, waking up at five o'clock for 6 a.m. workouts. So it's a totally different beast. And so, I mean, the difference between high school and college, I mean, it's like you, you got a full-time job. Like you're gonna earn that scholarship. You know, what did you learn about yourself? You know, moving away from home, having to rehab an injury as a freshman. What did you learn about yourself during that phase of your life? When I got injured, I just learned that I had to learn how to be patient. And when I got injured, the injuries just kept coming because I got injured my freshman year at LSU. I tore my ACL back to back. So I tore it my senior year in high school and I tore it my freshman year in college. You know, I just, I know everything happens for a reason. Those injuries just made me stronger. Every time I just want to come back stronger and I want to come back better. So it just taught me patience and it just taught me how to fight. After overcoming those two injuries, you know, how did you settle, settle into college? How was your, your time at LSU? What did you learn? I learned a lot at LSU because I didn't play a lot my freshman year. Um, we had eight upperclassmen and we made it to a final four my freshman year. So I was able to learn from those upperclassmen. Um, coming in to my sophomore year, um, I was the starting point guard. So I started the next three years at LSU, uh, but I battled injuries. I broke my collarbone. You know, I had two bad concussions. So I was able to start three out of my four years battling all of these injuries. I had four of the best, four of the best four years of my life at LSU. Um, even with the injuries, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change anything about my experience. Um, just academically, um, athletically, I had a great time there and I'm, I'm grateful for the time that I had at LSU. Wow, just just think about those injuries, you know, how did you keep, what was your what was your motivation to keep fighting, you know, fighting through all those injuries? I mean, an ACL tear, one of them sometimes takes, you know, some people out of the game outside of the new medicine that's developed, but just thinking, you know, having to push through all that, what did you, you know, what was that motivation? The, the motivation, I, I just kept telling myself, I gotta make it. Like just coming from Chicago and just facing the adversity that I faced when I was younger. Like, I'm like, this is nothing compared to what I seen as a child. Like, I was like, I'm gonna keep fighting. I'm gonna keep fighting. That's why I said, you gotta be hard nosed coming from Chicago. You gotta have tough skin. And I think just growing up in Chicago, it helped me. It helped me with those injuries. Like I was gonna keep fighting. Like, that's what we do in Chicago. We fight. And I just fought 
every single time from those injuries. I just wanted to come back better and help my team. So thinking about, you know, your time at LSU, uh, what did you major in? What was your what was your goal, you know, upon graduation? Um, I majored in communication studies with a minor in sports studies. And my goal was to go play professional basketball overseas. I mean, that's always been the goal. You know, I was contacting agents and, you know, sending my highlight tapes out. But then a life-threatening illness occurred while I was at LSU my senior year. Um, I was less than a month away from graduating and, and I ended up in the hospital for about a month and a half and I was on life support as well. So just things changed. My goals have to be put on hold because I was in the hospital fighting for my life. If you don't mind me asking, what happened? You know, what, what happened during that phase? Um, if you don't, if you feel comfortable talking about it. Yeah, so I was um, diagnosed with a rare syndrome called Guillain-Barre syndrome. And only one out of 200,000 people um, contract this um, virus. So instead, of, I was sick and instead of my body fighting off the sickness, uh, my body attacked itself and shut down my immune system. Yeah, I couldn't see for about about six months. Um, I couldn't walk, I couldn't talk. I was being fed with a feeding tube. And I mean, it was tough. It was the hardest battle that I had to overcome in my life. So it was it was tough, but you know, I'm, with the grace of God, I'm still here. Wow, just battling through injuries, you know, at LSU and then having that happen your senior year. You know, what did you learn about yourself during that phase of your life? I learned that, you know, God kept me here for a reason. Mm -hmm. And that was to use my voice to tell my story. You know, he chose me to go through that, that battle and that fight for a reason. And, you know, and I think it was to use my voice to tell my story to help other people facing adversity as a child. It seemed like I've had some type of adversity in every chapter of my life. And I mean, I talk about that in my book, A Life of Wins and Losses, just, you know, fighting through adversity. So it just taught me how to fight and that I'm here to share my story, just to have an impact on other people. Mm -hmm. Amen. I, I, wanna, I wanna ask, you know, once you began to heal, what, was, what was your next thought? Was it, I want to play basketball again? You know, what was your thought process going when you began to heal from that, that virus? When I began to heal, I said, I'm about to go overseas. So I did everything in my power to get back to 100%. Um, I started contacting agents again, um, sending my film out to agents. And, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't done. Even with having my degree in my hand, with all the injuries, I still, I mean, I love the game of basketball and I wanted to fulfill my goal of playing basketball. And I actually signed a contract to play professional basketball in Germany. So I went to Germany and things didn't work out in Germany. So I decided to get into coaching to stay around the game. What was that feeling like, you know, moving to Germany? Was that your first time overseas? Yes, that was my first time overseas and it was it was a great experience. Even though 
I didn't get to play any games. Um, it was a great experience for me. It was heartbreaking because they didn't want to be liable if anything happened to me over there. So they were scared about my health, but I had a great time um, in Germany. It was beautiful. It was beautiful over there. It still speaks volumes to your story. Uh, just thinking about, even though you didn't get to play, you still achieved that goal, you know, that you set out to do and, that, and that's beautiful. Um, but, but thinking about your transition as a player to a coach, how has that transition been? Um, going into my first year coaching, it was hard. I've been coaching at the collegiate level for seven years now, but that first year for me was extremely hard because just transitioning from a player to coach, I'm still like, oh man, I wish I can go out there and get that rebound that one of my players missed. Or I wish I could have made that layup. Um, it's just, it felt like that I wanted the game more than, more than them. Like I wanted to win more than they did. So I just had to learn um, that it was going to be a process and I had to learn patience. Like I'm not a player anymore. I'm a coach. I'm here to make a difference and to help develop them on and off the court. So I just had to learn to be patient and to take myself out of player mode and become into coach mode. Just thinking thinking back, you know, as your as a player and now you're a coach, what message did you learn as a player that you try to impart on your your athletes? Um the one thing that I learned as a player is it's bigger than basketball. It is definitely bigger than basketball because I kept telling you that I want to go pro. Want to go pro, but life happens. And you have to have a plan B. Gotta have a plan B. You just never know what's gonna happen. And that ball is gonna stop bouncing. It's gonna go flat one day. So just just knowing that it's bigger than basketball and getting my players to understand that getting a degree is huge and having your career goals in mind is huge because that ball is gonna go flat one day and you just, you gotta have, you gotta have options and you gotta know what you wanna do after basketball. So that's what I would tell my players, like it's bigger than basketball. You give your all, give your 100% when you're on the court, but you gotta give your 100% in the classroom as well and in the community because like I said, Basketball is going to end. You said you've been coaching now for seven years? Yes. And, and what have you learned about yourself as a coach? As a coach, I've learned how to be patient. Every player is different. You got a different personality from each player. So just, just learning how to operate on a day-to-day -day with the players because coming from year one to year seven, I've developed a lot of patience. Um, I know a lot of my players said that I got soft when I had my daughter. Um, so just, you know, just becoming more of a motherly figure to them. Um, Cause I'm, I'm hard, like I'm hard on my players. I want the absolute best for them, but they know it's coming with good heart. Like I got a good heart. So I just, I just want my players to be successful on and off the basketball court. So just learning how to be patient and just being that motherly figure to them and just being a role model. To kind of transition into kind of you as a mother, 
Um, what was that that feeling like when your daughter was born? I want to ask if it's okay, you know, kind of the relationship with your mom and, and you having a daughter, you know, how did that come full circle for you? Having my daughter, it was the best, it was the best feeling in the world. Um, Naomi, she's two years old. Um, she's the best thing that ever happened to me. And even though I wasn't able to have that bond with my mom early on, like I'm grateful for every moment that I have with her. And I just try to enjoy every moment that I have with my daughter. Like every moment. I mean, she's the best thing that ever happened to me. And when I'm having a bad day, she just makes my day even, be you know, better. So, I mean, Naomi is the best thing that ha happened to me. What's next for you in terms of uh, your coaching? Where do you see yourself in the future? So at some point, I do want to get back into coaching. Um, I mean, I love the game of basketball. I love mentoring young women. Um, I just want to, I want to see them do great in life. So I do see myself coaching in the future, uh, whether it's at the high school level, division two level, um, any level. I just want to coach at this point. Um, but I do, I want to be a head coach. That is my ultimate goal is to run my own program. Looking back over your life, you know, and all the adversities that you overcame, uh, what advice would you give your younger self? The advice that I would give my younger self would be not being so materialistic. When I was young, I used to think I have to keep up with the best and the latest and the greatest. Um, just being in my environment, just having the new J's and just trying to keep up with everybody. Now, I would, I would tell myself that stuff does not matter at all. It's about, you know, financial literacy and generational wealth. I mean, growing up where I was, like nobody was telling me anything about this stuff. You know, it's, it's all about J's and standing in line for J's and make sure you got the latest and greatest. And it's not about that. Like that stuff means absolutely nothing telling myself that that stuff means nothing and you know life is just too short like this these are the things that matter like making sure my daughter is good after I'm gone and making sure finances are straight and stuff along that line because like I said that stuff means nothing at all so I would just tell myself that my younger self that these are the things that matter what does trust the process mean to you? Um, trust the process means just trusting God, to be honest. Um, I'm big on my faith. Um, I wouldn't be here without God, just knowing the stuff that I've been through and the adversity that I've faced over my, my lifetime. It's been a process. And through this process, I've had to trust God in each situation, uh, whether it was good or bad. Um, he's led me and he hasn't let me down not one time. So trusting the process, it means trusting God for me. It's been a journey and he's been on this journey with me every single time and he's gotten me out of every circumstance that I've been in. So trusting the process means trusting God through the journey. But I do want to thank you for joining me on the podcast. And, you know, giving us a glimpse of your story and all the adversities that you've been through and overcame. Uh, but do you have any last words that you want to leave with the listeners? 
Yes, I do. Um, just, I just want to tell the listeners to just enjoy life. Um, it's so much going on in this world and we're all facing some kind of adversity right now. Um, just love your love on your loved ones and your friends and your teammates, whoever it might be, just connect with them and enjoy them because none of us know the place, time or day. Um, it's just so much, so much going on in this world right now, so much death. So just enjoy every moment that you can right now and keep pushing. I mean, it's tough times, but if you haven't learned anything from my story, we're gonna face adversity. It's how you respond and bounce back from that adversity and keep moving forward. So just keep pushing, keep pushing through the adversity. I know it's not gonna be easy all the time, but we're stronger than we know we are. So just keep pushing and fighting. My last question is, uh, you have a book out, A Life of Wins and Losses. Uh, could you tell the listeners a little bit of what it's about and where they can find it? Oh, my book, A Life of Wins and Losses, um, you can find it on Amazon. Um, it's available on Amazon. It's available um, in Kindle and in paperback. Um, a Life of Wins and Losses is an inspirational memoir um, based on my life. A lot of stuff that we talked about today in the interview, I talk about in depth in the book. So just talking about growing up on the south side of Chicago and all the adversity that I had to face and overcome to make it to LSU. Um, I talk about my days at LSU. I talk about going to Germany. Um, I talk about my battle with Guillain-Barre syndrome. Um, so it's a lot of it's a lot of good gems in this book. Um, it's inspirational for anybody that likes inspirational stories. I would definitely buy it. It's a great success story that no matter how much adversity you face, you can still make it up. You can make it on top and you don't have to be a product of your environment. Where could the listeners find you on social media and things like that if they wanted to connect to the things that you have going on or to give you feedback on this episode? Okay, you can find me on Facebook. Um, just type in my name, Latir Eason, or you can find me on Twitter at L Eason 3 or you can find me on Instagram um, A Life of Wins and Losses. This episode was brought to you by Overcome Achieve Clothing. Allow what you have overcome to fuel the flame of persistence as you face and conquer your next challenge. Wear your truth overcome. I think the main thing for me was trying to decide on who am I and like what I want to be and how I want to be remembered. Like that was my thing. Right? You know, oftentimes I think about like my legacy and like the mark that I want to leave, not only on the industry, but the effect that I want to leave on people. Being a whole human being, going through my obstacles, going through the things that I'm going through. And 
not to only broadcast these things, but for it to inspire change.